Take your Bibles, if you would, open up to Luke chapter number one. Luke chapter number one. Thank you for being here this morning. I do hope and pray that uh, Pastor Scott and his family are enjoying their time together. Oh, this is scary. My, uh, my son Drew is in the sound room, so here comes all the payback for all the things I've ever done to him. Could be fun. Could be a fun service. <laughs> Okay, so Luke chapter number one, where we're going to be this morning, um, and we will uh, uh, we'll just jump right into it. Let's open up in a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, again, do thank you for today. Thank you for the many blessings you've given to us, Lord, even now as we get ready to open up your word and to study and to learn. Lord, I pray that um, you would allow us just to focus in, Lord, on what it means, what this Christmas time means, and the blessings of it. Lord, if our hearts are not prepared this morning, Lord, I pray we would take time right now to uh, make sure that they are, uh, that we can focus on you freely, uh, Lord, without um, any type of uh, distractions or consequence. Lord, I do thank you for the way that you work in our lives. Lord, we do pray for Pastor Scott and his family. Lord, I pray that they would just have a wonderful time together, um, and Lord, that they would come back uh, refreshed and uh, ready to continue to serve, and, and uh, Lord, and I just pray that they would just have an extra blessing this time of year. Lord, be with us. Guide and direct us as we open up, our, open up this lesson. In thy name we pray. Amen. Many times in life we are so focused on, uh, on things around us that we end up missing out on so many of the things that, uh, that, you, that are passing us by. Um, I, don't, I don't usually let Carrie drive uh, for fear of my life, but... Uh, but out of, uh, there's times that uh, she will drive and I will be in the passenger seat, uh, it, which is usually not a fun time for her because I, I usually probably correct her a little bit more than I should when she drives. But as we're driving, I started to notice things. Have you ever done this? Have you ever been down a street thousands of times and then realized there's a house there? Like, it, this was just, a, a, just a, a few months ago, we were driving just literally two streets over from our house, and we started driving down the road, and, and, I, and, I, and she was, and, and, and I looked, and I went, how long has that house been there? And she's like, that, that house has been there since I was a kid. And I, I missed it. Well, what did I, why was I missing it? Because I was focused on what I was driving and what, while I was driving. Many times that we are so focused on getting to work or a task we have to complete for that day, we miss out on, on many of the things that God has provided to us in the way of blessings, now, flowers, trees that are created for our benefits. How about green lights? Amen? I mean, come on, green lights are like the best thing ever. If you can make it down university and you hit all green lights, you feel like you have won for the day and you're like scared that it, something else is going to go wrong. Uh, arriving, arriving here safely, a working vehicle with heat, especially today. It's been a, it's, yeah, it's been a wonderful, it, it's been a, a time for a, a focus and a time that, that we miss out on, on stuff like that. Uh, this week, uh, I've, I've said this before, and, and it's always a reminder to me to pray for our pastors more than I should, uh, or more than I, than I do currently. It always seems like the week that I have to speak, uh, everything goes wrong in my life, and everything is a challenge in my life, and everything is, is, a, is way harder than it should be. Um, this was one of those weeks. This week, the boys came home from school, and uh, good to see the, the kids home from school, and 
there's no anxiousness like a parent who is waiting for their kids to drive across the country home from school. Uh, I was talking with Justin earlier, and uh, we have these Find My iPhone apps on our, on our phones, and I think Carrie spent more time on that app watching the little dot move along uh, it, it, as she did anything the last couple days. The boys had an interesting trip home, and uh, I, I'm glad they're here because uh, I continue to use them as illustrations. Um, but uh, ten, uh, they started off on Thursday morning. Thursday morning, they left school. Uh, they got 10 miles from school, and their front left tire blew out. And Brandon calls me. I'm at work, and he says, uh, he goes, Dad, you're not going to believe it. My tire blew out. And I said, did you check the air pressure in your tire? And he's like, maybe. <laughs> And I said, okay, don't worry about it. I said, uh, just get the jack out. It's behind, it's underneath your, it should be underneath your seat. I said, that it, you know, in the back of your truck, should be a big deal. I said, we can get it changed. Hey, I said, are you in a safe place? He said, yep, I'm at a, I'm at a, uh, a, a way station, at off an exit ramp. He said, I'm away from traffic. I said, perfect. And he, and he said, and then he's, he's there and he lifts up the back seat and there's no jack. Nothing there. There's nothing. And, and the Dodge Dakotas, those are underneath the back seats, and they're not there. And so then I researched it online. Sure enough, that's where they're supposed to be. They're not there. So I sat there, and I said, son, I said, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, I'll call AAA, and, and it, there were some issues with AAA. And, uh, well, I have a buddy of mine that uh, was one of my roommates down in school, one of good friends of mine, and he owns a, a body shop or a repair shop down there. And called him and said, hey, uh, this is the deal. My sons are stranded on the side of the road. And I said, it's been, yeah, just half hour, 45 minutes. He said, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. And he jumps in his car, brings a jack, and they, they got the, the, the car, the spare tire put on. Well, about that time, is the, the boys, was, it was too, a little bit late for them to get on the road. So he said, hey, don't try to drive home at this point. Just turn around and go back to school. Spend a good night at school and uh, get yourself set. So Brandon went and got the tire changed at Walmart. Um, and got back to school, spent the night there, and, uh, and then the next morning got up to leave about 6 o'clock in the morning. Same road, half a mile from the place that he broke down, and that tire went flat from Walmart, the brand new one. And, and he calls me, and, and the look on his face was everything that I can remember as a, as, a, as a college kid when everything has gone wrong in your life, and you're beginning to question you're like, did I do something wrong, God, or what, why am I being punished? And the look on his face as he looked at me, and Brandon's usually pretty expressionless, and he was just kind of like, Dad, I can't understand. And, and, and I was like, and I, so anyways, we, we dealt with that situation. It ended up that um, a stranger, actually, my, my buddy Chris was trying to get there. His, his car had issues. It was just a litany of things. Ended up a stranger pulled over, changed her tire for him. So we, we, we said, uh, okay, so let's get you home. So they start driving home, and I said, just drive on the spare. Just so you know, the spare is not like a little donut. It's a, it's a full tire, so I, I'm, I'm not insane. Uh, so I, I, I said, drive home on that, and I said, you'll be fine. Um, and, and literally for the next 14 hours, 16 hours, we watched as they went through, uh, you know, Florida and Mississippi and Alabama and Tennessee and Missouri and and, and then it got to, uh, they got to St. Louis, and it was late, and, and we started calculating the time when they would be here, and we're like, dude, you, you guys are probably going to get here about 3 or 4 o'clock in the morning. It, like, what do you think? They're like, and you always know, you know, they didn't have these things when we were kids, um, these energy drinks that we, you know, uh, I, I, we talked to them at like midnight, 
and it was like two kids that were had been hopped up on sugar and we're like, what's going on here? And they're like, yeah, we took we drank some bang energy drinks, and I was like, don't ever drink those again, but for now we'll allow it. Three o'clock in the morning, I get a call from Brandon. Dad, something's wrong with the car. We're in Monroe. I said, park the car, I'll be there. I said, I can get in the car. And he sends me a picture of the tire, the same tire that we're having issues with. And the, the lug nut's like this big, and the hole around the lug nut's like this big. I said, okay, great, this is going to be fun. So I get over there, and I said, don't worry about it. I said, throw all your stuff in my car. We'll park the car here. I'll get a change, get the other, the spare tire, the new tire changed, and we'll get that all done. As I sat there, I was frustrated, but I was tired. I just, just wanted my boys to be home, in the house, and everything else. And uh, yesterday, I went and changed the tire. And as I sat there, and I jacked up the car, and I pulled the spare off with the donut, with the, with the rings like this, and the, and the lug nuts, and I, and I was frustrated by it. It was a long day of dealing with Walmart and tire exchanges, and ended up working out. The Lord uh, took care of it. And I, I sat there, and I pulled the tire off of the tire, the, the, uh, uh, the studs. Four out of the five studs had sheared halfway through. And I sat there and just utter amazement of how good God is. Yes. And I sat there as I, <laughs> stupid tire, I picked it up and I threw it and I was like, I was mad because the, the tire. And I sat there and I looked at the tire and I was like, I can't believe this made it. I cannot believe God protected them. And it was throughout the whole process of, of doing that that I, I went back in my mind over the last 24 hours and I began to think, I had been focused on the problem, the tire, my sons aren't home, uh, I want to protect them, I can't be there, I'm a dad, I'm all the way across the country, I can't get on a plane to fly down and fix the problem. And here I, I, I sat back and I started counting the blessings of God, my friend Chris being there to help the boys being able to get back to school safely and reducing the cost of the trip totally, um, the, the stranger changing the tire, the, the fact that they drove through the... If you've ever driven from uh, St. Louis to Des Moines, you know that there's a stretch of road on the highway of the Saints there. That it, There's literally nothing. And to think that they made it all the way to Monroe before having any issues is beyond me. Um, all of these blessings, all of these things... I was missing because I was focused on the problem. And I sat back and I, I was overwhelmed with what the Lord had done as he literally carried them home. All blessings come from the Lord. If I am just focused on the problem, I am missing out on the blessings of the Lord and keeping my kids safe, keeping, keeping people that are coming into their lives, uh, the locations that they went to, God is continually and always good. Today I want to focus on maybe some of the things that we have missed. Uh, my title this for this morning's message is very, very simple. It's going to be a, a, a very light message, if you want to put it that way. But five simple blessings above and beyond the birth of Christ. Now let me be very clear here. The, the birth of, of Christ is the most amazing thing and the most amazing gift that we have ever had and ever will have. But there's a couple of things as I, as I began to study through 
uh, the, 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 the Christmas story, that I began to look and began to find these little things, and I, said, I stepped back and I said, man, this is almost too good. This is too much that, that, that we're seeing, and, and, and too much uh, that God has given us above and beyond what we, has, what we have seen. In Luke chapter number 1, I want to turn your attention to verses, numbers, uh, we're going to read a little bit, we are going to flip around a little bit, so keep your Bible out and ready. In, in Luke chapter number 1, in verse uh, 28, this is the, the, the blessing and the kindness that is shown to Mary here. This would be number 1, the blessings of God's promise and kindness shown to Mary. In verse 1, in, in chapter number 1, verse 28, it says this, And the angel came into her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored, the Lord is, is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when, he saw, and when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this could be. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great, and shall be the called the Son of the Highest, the Lord and the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel said, answered unto her, And the, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also... Also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For with God nothing shall be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Some blessings in just this passage alone. The Lord is, has, 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 has chosen Mary to be the, 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 the mother of his child. And what's Mary say here? Well, you have, this, you have a, 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 a situation where God has a plan. And we serve a loving God. And many times the world has this incorrect view about who God is and how much he loves us. And they view God as a taskmaster or they view God as a dictator or, or a punisher. When you read through this verse, you read through these verses and just how the Lord deals with Mary. In verse number 30, And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. The angel Gabriel could see that she was afraid and calmed her. God does not want us to be a people consumed with fear and anxiety. God wants us to rest in his goodness. He wants us to see him even in the situation. Now, in this, in this, there is a choice here that God could have said to her, this is the plan, you, you do it. But what does he choose to say to her? Well, God understands our needs. In that moment, Mary needed to be reassured that this was a situation that was okay. And this was a situation that, that she was going to be going through. It's a difficult situation that God was going to be there for her. And in that verse 30, when, the, when he says, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor 
with God. And then he talks about the blessings of this, of this and that she is carrying Jesus. And this is a, a, a godly thing. Even after Mary has heard this, I know I'm going to get crucified or get shot for this, I should say. Uh, even though they say this, what does Mary do? What most women would do? She, what does she do? She asks a question. And all the, all the women immediately fold their Bibles and walk out. There's a, there's a difference between me and Carrie. I am a very factual person. Tell me what I want. Tell me what I need, and I'm good. You tell me something, done. I don't, I don't need all, all of the, I don't need a, the story around it. I just need facts, and I'm good. Carrie is very not that way. She wants the story. She wants what's well, the situation, what is going on around it. Now, why is that? Because we're two different people. We're two different personalities. She's very much. A, it's, it's so funny with the boys down at school and, and, and even, even Drew here. She's always inquiring about, like, oh, have you found anybody that, that you're interested in? <laughs> have, you, have you had these? And, and what are all the, and, and they will, my wife will ask her, him, my boys, millions of questions. And I simply ask them, you dating anybody yet? No? Good. All right, just tell me when and we'll figure it out. Now, why? Because we're two different people. Carrie is all about the, the, the situation and the element, and she wants to know everything about it. I, I, I trust the boys are going to do it. So Mary asks the question in verse number 34. Then Mary said unto, unto the angel, how shall this be? No, I, I said that wrong. That, 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 that was a little more emphasis than it should have. Then Mary said, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Mary is asking a question. Now, authoritative person or a dictator could have said, stop asking questions, obey, and just move on with life. But did you see the angel's response? See, the angel, uh, through the, obviously the Lord is working through the angel here, and, and, and he sees Mary's frustration, not frustration, but concern, and she says, I, I don't understand this. How can this be? And, and listen to what the angel says to her. In verse number 35, And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also the holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And you think of just that alone. That is the reassurance that she needed in that moment of time. Many times we have an incorrect view of a, of a situation or a problem because we are so focused on that problem or that situation that we miss out on the reassurances and the blessings that God has around it. Even in this, in this situation here, God show, continued to show his goodness and his love to Mary. The fact of the matter is, God is a compassionate God who knows we have limitations, who knows that we need him. And if he knows our limitations, guess what? Then he knows exactly what we need in that moment. Number two, the blessing of Elizabeth. The blessing of Elizabeth. It's very interesting, and we just read through the, the passage of Scripture where, uh, uh, where Mary and the angel are having that discussion. But did you see what else the angel tells her? Tells her? 
In verse number 36, it says, And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month of her who was called barren, for, for when with God nothing shall be impossible. Elizabeth is obviously a, a, a friend here, but is also so, is, is a family member. But Elizabeth is the friend we, we need and the friend we need to be to others. If you read through who, what happens with, uh, with Elizabeth, let's go on here through this verse in verse number 39. It says, And Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste and into the city of Judea and entered into the house of Zacharias and saluted Elizabeth. And it came to pass when Elizabeth heard the salutations of Mary, the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Ghost. And she spake out with a loud voice, Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. And whence is this to me, that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For lo, as soon as the voice of thy salutation sounded in mine ears, the babe leaped in the womb for joy. And blessed is, he, is she that believed. For there shall, be, there shall be a performance of those things which were, which were told of her from the Lord. Now listen to Mary's change of tone. Just a, few, just a few verses before, what is she doing? She's questioning, not, not rebelliously, but just questioning the Lord. All of a sudden, she talks to Elizabeth, and then what's it say in verse number 46? And Mary saith, said, or said, My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowest state of, the, of his handmaiden. For behold, I, from the henceforth all generations shall call me blessed. For he that is mighty hath done to me great things, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on them that fear him from generation to generation. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of his heart. He hath put down the mighty with, from their seats and exalted from their low degree. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich hath sent empty away. He hath uh, hope in his, student, his servant, Israel in remembrance of his mercy. And as he spake for, his, for our fathers to Abraham and to the seed of uh, forever, and Mary abode with her about three months and returned to her own house. What changed? You have this woman that it, just a, a chapter before, verses before, were, was, was scared and fearful. Obviously an angel appearing would kind of be a big deal. And she's, and she's questioning what it is that the Lord is doing. And now all of a sudden she, she, she connects with Elizabeth and she speaks as a woman filled with certainty, filled with authority, filled with direction. God did not have to do that. This, this idea that, that, that Elizabeth was there for her if you look at what Elizabeth did, she first listened and then directed Mary to the blessings of God. After hearing Elizabeth's word, Mary's whole direction changed. In verses 46 through 45, it does not, this does not sound like a woman in fear or questioning. This is a woman who, who has, has seen God's goodness and is proclaiming that God is in control of the situation. This is a blessing to us to step back and look at who God has allowed in our lives to be a blessing of good friendships, 
and family who direct us to Christ. This is the assurance and comfort many of us are needing in our lives. When we see what, what Mary went through, when we see what Mary, uh, what Mary experienced, this, this, this really this 180 of her direction, it's a result of the people that God put in her life to be a blessing for her. My question is, do you have those people around you? And are you one of those people to others? So in this passage, you see Elizabeth is encouraging Mary. She's directing her back to the Lord. She's directing to what God is. If you look around your life and don't see that, maybe it's, try, maybe it's time to pray about finding those who can help, who can push you towards the Lord. Let's also be like Elizabeth and focusing on directing those around us to God. You know, when we have hard times, there's a, there's a, a flee or a fight mentality in our lives. It's just, it's just who we are. You either flee the situation or you fight. And many times we fight by, not, by, by holding it all in. Now, I'm not saying that we, should be a, that we should be a completely open book and share everything with everybody. I mean, you see that on social media today, and it's, and, and it's too much. But you should have people that you can call and can talk to. This week, I had, a, I, I had people on a list, on the text message list and on, on, on a prayer list. And I texted those people, and I, pray, and I called those people and said, hey, I need you to pray for me this week because I have something going on in my life. I need this done. And those people would follow up with me and pray with me and, and, and all of those things. Those people are very special to me. And I hope in turn that I am, a, 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 I am special to them. We need to be, this church needs to be focused on being Elizabeth here in this moment. Allowing the Lord to work through us. Allow the Lord to challenge us. Are we being a blessing to our families? Are we being a blessing to an encouragement? And, 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 and truth be told, there may be times of correction. But are we doing it in a godly way as opposed to a, 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 a more worldly approach to things? Mary needed Elizabeth in that moment. And God provided Elizabeth for her. Number three blessing beyond the, the birth of Christ. Matthew chapter number one. Turn over to Matthew chapter number one, if you would. In Matthew chapter number one, we, we're going to find our third point here, which is this. The fulfillment of a promise that was made, that, that is made ultimately to Joseph here. Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 18, and we're going to read to verse number 25, it says this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on the wise when as his mother, as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph, before they came together she, found, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and, a willing, and willing not to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought to do these things, behold, the angel of the Lord came. To, uh, the angel of the Lord came unto him in a dream, saying, "Joseph, thou art the son of David. Fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, and he shall save his people from their sins." 
Now all this was done that it might be fulfilled which, this, which was spoken of the prophet by, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, "Behold, a virgin shall, conce- shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us." And Joseph was raised from the sleep and did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife and knew her not until that she had brought forth her firstborn son and had called his name Jesus. It's a wonderful passage of scripture of, of God's comfort to, jo- to Joseph, but also a, a fulfillment of the promise that he made. Joseph was a good man who had lived a good life and is forced to deal with a very uncomfortable situation. Here he is, happy to be married, excited to be looking forward to being married. He has lived a good life. He has had a good testimony. He has kept himself pure. And he has a choice to make dealing with an uncomfortable situation. His fiancée, if you want to call it that uh, in in modern day terms, has, has, has become pregnant. And she's told him why. I can't even imagine what that conversation was like. I, I, have, I read through this over the week, and I, I sat back and I was like, I don't, Joseph was a good man. Because that situation had to be extremely uncomfortable for him, uncomfortable for Mary. And he had a choice. In Jewish custom and Jewish law, he had a choice. He could have had her thrown in jail. He could have had her ostracized from society. I'm not saying it's correct. That was just the customs of the day. He could have had her basically uh, had had a scarlet letter on her or, uh, that nobody would have done it would have would have been associated with her because of uh, of supposed sin. And what does he choose? He chooses to put her away privately, is what privily is privately. The idea here was that he he wasn't going to get married to her, but he was going to kind of allow her to just exist, but kind of be off to the side, away from everybody, and and not face the persecution that. Really, she should, she could have faced. At this time, he could. His choice was to put her away privately. At this time, he could have had her face all kinds of persecution. And what does God do here? God sends an angel to reassure reassure Joseph and fulfill a promise that he has made. Uh, back in back in Isaiah is where that promise is made. In Isaiah seven fourteen is where it's talking about in verse twenty three. But you think about this situation here. Dictator God, that, every, that, that people have a misconception about. Authoritative God, this would be a different situation. The angel would have showed up and would have screamed at Joseph that he better get in line and better do what he's supposed to do, and, and, and that was it. He was just going to have to deal with it. But what does God do? He says the angel, if you, if you see what the, what the angel says unto him, it says, verse number 20, the first thing he says again, fear not. Fear not. There was a lot of fear in Joseph's life at that point. He had he had a roadmap. We all do. If you've been married or been through that, you know what that roadmap's like. Remember getting ready for a wedding? That was fun. Not for me. I mean, Carrie, I think she had. I can remember her calling me about about all of the plans that she had, and I was like, I'm glad I'm not paying for this thing. <laughs> 
And I can remember, I, I can remember there was one facet where she, uh, she's like, I, I, she had a convertible at the time. And uh, she said, I want to get a picture of us in the convertible driving out, and I want there to be fireworks in the background. And I was like, okay. What time is this thing getting over? And we got married in July, and she's like, uh, like 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. I go, hon, the sun's still out. She's like, we're having fireworks. I was like, got it. And we had fireworks. Nobody saw them. They heard the boom, but they <laughs> couldn't see anything. Made her happy. Now, what do you think about this? They are going through and planning their marriage. They're excited about what it's going to be. They're excited about everything that's going to happen. Joseph's already planning in his mind to have a life and have children and a family. And she's pregnant. And the angel comes and says, fear not. And then the angel provides instruction. This is not demands here. This is not, he, this is not the, the Lord screaming at Joseph. In verses 21 through 23, he lays out the plan. A very simple plan. A very pointed plan. But one that satisfies Joseph's concerns. Verse number 23 is a, is a passage of scripture is from Isaiah 7, 14, where in, in Isaiah 7, 14, it says those exact words from, from verse 23, uh, Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. The virgin shall conceive, and the promise that God made to us hundreds of years previously was being fulfilled in this moment. This moment, Joseph, even though his anxiety that he went through and, the, and, and, and even the, the decision that he had to make was, an, was, a, was a fulfillment of God's promise. In order for, for that to happen, Joseph had to go through those things and the angel had to come. And why was that? That's for us. The fact that the Lord sent an angel to Joseph with, and stated what verse 23 is and matches back to what he said in Isaiah 7, 14, hundreds of years before, is, that, is the promise that God keeps his promises. Yes. A virgin shall, shall be with child. And, you, and this is the passage that you need to hold on to. And he directed Joseph back to the scriptures to allow him to see that God fulfills his promises. It's a blessing from the Lord. Be above and beyond his birth is a blessing that God keeps his promises. Skip over to Luke chapter number 2. We're going to go back to the Luke and go to chapter number 2. The promise or the, the blessing that Jesus was born in a manger. And you say, how can that be a blessing? Well, let's go through it here. We'll, we'll talk through it. Chapter number 2 and verses number 6 and verse number 7, it says this, So it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for, him, for, him, for them in the inn. The idea of, of a baby being born in a manger or in a, in a barn. I told the teenagers this morning, we studied through this passage of scripture. Um, when we were having our children, this verse actually gave me tons of, of reassurance. And you're going to be like, what? 
if, if Mary could have Jesus in a barn, then my wife is going to be okay having a baby in a hospital. That was my mentality. I read through it. I, I was like, if, if Mary can do it, and she did it in a barn, she's in a barn, there's no doctors around, we're going to be okay. I say, Mr. Adam, Mr. Adam that's, that's crazy. Well, that's how, the that Lord blessed me through it, so there you go. Now, understand this, that, 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 that Mary is, that they are going to be born in a barn, uh, in, a, in a stable here. If God is royalty, then he should have been born in a palace surrounded by the best medical staff and absolute comfort with the best of things around him. But God chose to have his son born in a lowly manger. Why is that important to you and I? If Jesus is born in a palace, then that would have made him earthly royalty, which means none of us, because none of us are royalty, would have access to him. I don't know how many of you follow the, the kings over in, and the princes and all that over in England. There's an obsession right now in this society on, on that. If Jesus Christ was born in a palace, he would have been associated with a royal family, which none of us are a part of. Which means that God would have only come for, from and for royalty. The fact that he was born in a manger means that Jesus Christ truly is a, of lowly birth, which means that he is of the lowest of low. And because he is that way, he's relatable to all of us. If Jesus was born in a palace, that would have made him earthly royalty, which means to us that we would not have access to him. But by choosing to be born in the poorest of conditions, it allows us to be able to relate and to have access to him. This child that was born... God chose to have him in a manger because we needed salvation. We needed to have access to that. We needed to have, we need to have the ability to see that God did come for us. You don't turn there, but in Isaiah chapter number 9 and verse 6 and 7, it says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be placed upon his shoulders. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. In John three sixteen, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The blessing is God was sent for us. And it was chosen by God. I would have chosen differently. We all would have chosen differently. We want the best for our kids. We want them to have the best circumstances, the best situations. Put them in the safest of places. God says no. My son is for everyone. And this is where we're going to have him, have him born, is in, is in a manger. God sent Jesus to die for us and demonstrated that by having his son born in a manger. In Luke chapter number 2, we're going to continue on here in verses number 8 through 14. It says this, the, 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 the blessing, this is number 5 here, but the blessing of God's announcement of the birth of Jesus in chapter, in, in chapter number 2, in verse numbers 8 through 14, it says this, And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto, him, unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings 
of great joy which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the, with the angel a, a, a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. And, when it came, and it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go and see even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they made with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. This is an amazing passage of scripture of, of, of people that necessarily didn't necessarily deserve to be, to be a part of the, uh, of the announcement of the birth. If you've had children, you know there's kind of an order of importance to who comes in first to see the child, correct? Everybody understand what I'm talking about? Maybe? Okay. Let's just say uh, your first child, ha you, you get to have the joy of having your first child. Are you going to call your coworker that works in the mailroom that you barely know and be like, hey, come up to the hospital. I just had a baby. It's an amazing gift. Uh, we just want you to be the first ones to see it. No. No, you don't. In fact, you better have that order kind of in your mind of, uh, okay, the grandparents get to go in first, uh, then your brothers and sisters, and, and then your, your distant relatives, and then maybe friends after that, and, they, and the friends better come maybe the day later, and there's a whole process. Why is that? Because you want the people who are closest to you, the people that you want to be involved in it, in the specialness of this announcement. Who does the Jesus choose, or God, I should say, who does God choose to announce the birth of his son? Well, the angels to the shepherds. That doesn't make sense. This is the God of creation. And he sent angels to earth to a bunch of shepherds in the field. If it, was, if it was supposed to be the way that we would want it, it would have been, they would have sent it to Caesar and to, and to the authorities and to the, the public figures and, and there would have been a, a big announcement made. No, who does he send them to? He sends them to, to the shepherds. There is a royal proclamation that is made. And in verse number 11, the angels shout to the, to the, 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 the shepherds, for unto you is born this day in the, city, in, the, in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Very quickly, if you would, flip over to Matthew chapter number 2. Matthew chapter number 2. Continuing on with that idea of the announcement of Jesus' birth. In Matthew chapter number 2, you see the wise men here, and the wise men are going through their process, and they've been studying the Bible, and they've been knowing about God, and they go to Herod, and they say, hey, there's something that's going to be really cool that's going to happen here really quickly, and we're pretty sure that, there's, that this star that's there is telling us this, and, and Herod goes, well, you go find out if that's the next king of the world, or a, 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 a king that needs to be, and I'll deal with that, and, and what he was really looking was to kill the, the king. But what you find out in Matthew chapter number 2, they've done all of those things. In, in Matthew 2 and verse number 10, it says this. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. This is talking about the, the, the kings. And it says, and when they, came, when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. 
And when, they were, and when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. So here you have a, a God has proclaimed his birth, not only to the shepherds, but also to these, to these wise men. And if you look at what these wise men do at when they come to, uh, to, the, to meet with uh, Jesus, what, what does it say? it says? It says that they worshipped him. He is worth giving up what the world has to offer. If you look at what the, the, the kings did here, or the, the wise men did here, they should have returned to Herod and collected all kinds of wealth for telling them about Jesus, and what did they choose to do? Instead, what they, they, choose, they chose to worship him, turn their back on what the world has to offer, and worshiped Jesus. Here we have a royal proclamation. And God did not choose the people that we would have chosen. God, would not have, God did not choose a list of priorities that we would have seen. He chose shepherds, common people. He chose people that knew that, that studied the Bible that or studied the, the scriptures at that time and wanted to know the truth. These blessings that God gives us. Now, listen, I understand. Christmas is a special time of year. We are, we are so focused on so many different things, and I'm not against any of it. I'm not against the programs. I'm not against the getting together with family. Uh, we, we, we got together with the Quicks last night, and the church is still standing, which is amazing. Uh, and, and understand, I love all of those things. But sometimes the busyness of life and those activities causes us to miss out on the real blessings of this time. This is ultimately our gift. We have been blessed. If, if God gave us just Jesus Christ, we have been blessed beyond recognition. But because God is a loving God, and because God is a good God, and because God is a gracious God, he continues to bless us above and beyond even that. My question to you today is, are you seeing those things? Or are we so focused on getting in the car and, and uh, I got to get to work and I'm missing all of these things that are, that are passing me by in life? You know, I got to get, I, I, I just need another week, another week, another week, and then what happens? You've gone down the road and you've missed all these blessings from the Lord. These blessings from the scriptures, these blessings from, from the, the, the birth of Christ. Yes, we should focus on the birth of Christ and that is the main focus. But even along the way, as we come up to the birth of Christ, there's so many blessings about what, how good God is in, in, in our life. Pastor Scott, on, on Wednesdays, before praises, says this, this verse, Psalm 68, 19. Blessed be the Lord, who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. During this time of year, don't miss out on God's blessings, especially at Christmas. Let's pray.